You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Happy New Year, listeners. It's episode 23 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, yeah, good to be back. Obviously not. Yeah, not not a ton of games beating beating the the weather and the other other circumstances, should we say, over the weekend. So not not loads of football to look back on, but hopefully a, a, a brighter year for all upcoming. But enough, enough, enough football to make enough. for an entertaining um, episode of the podcast. Before we get into the episode, this episode of the podcast, um, have you got any New Year's resolutions, Tom? Huh. I wouldn't call it a resolution. I will try to read a few more books i think because i've got a pile that seems to be growing every every year i ask for loads of books at christmas get them and then they they seem to build up and um i'm good at looking at them but then actually opening them is uh, another another um task all, all on its own so i think getting through a few of those <laughs> to to look at my books would be a good a good good start i think but i wouldn't call it a resolution just a little thing but how about you well i think i need to lead a healthier lifestyle i've I've got a bit of a paunch. I've got a bit of middle age spread. And um, I, I got to lose that, I think, because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was a fine figure of a man, even I though imagine. I did very little to earn it. Um, but I would like to give people the impression that I'm, you know, fit and healthy and raring to go. I certainly am fit and healthy and raring to go as far as this week's podcast is concerned. We've got two excellent guests um, Paul Froud the manager of Buckland Athletic, he joins us again. And Chris Wise, um, the, uh, a wise man who's always at the races. We probably should have Chris on around Christmas, shouldn't we? we, we you know, sure, sure. Yeah. Him and his dad and his brother, three wise men. There you go. Um, yeah, he joins us, of course. He's the manager of, um, of Wing Canton. And uh, they had a very impressive um, win at Radstock, which, um, which I was at. Um, but um, anyway, we're going to kick things off. In the Premier Division on Saturday, the 1st of January, New Year's Day. It was the only game that beat the virus, that beat the weather on um, on New Year's Day. Buckland Athletic at home to Helston Athletic. Uh, 351 saw this one, Tom, and the home fans certainly went home happy. They did. Yeah, it was a yeah, big, big start to the year for them. Uh, I think that, yeah, had a little bit of a, a tough outing in their match just before New Year's and around Christmas time, Buckland. But they hit back, hit back really well. Uh, Pretty much perfect start to 2020, you'd say. Uh, 2-1 win over over Helston, one of the top sides, as we know. So, um, yeah, uh, but a good win at home is he for the hosts. Uh, and that was Josh Webber. Uh, he scored twice uh, in the second half, helping them secure the secure the win. Uh, he scored a couple of goals just around the 70th minute mark. So that really, um, yeah, did the damage, really. Uh, there was a, a goal late on in, in stoppage time from Luke Tripconi. I think your name of the day, potentially, um, or name of the week. Uh, but yeah, not not to be for Helston, unfortunately, feeling a little bit short. But it was Buckland who, who came out the three points. So let's just give that young man um, <laughs> the credit he deserves again. And that's not the chap who scored the two for Buckland, but of course the the excellently named Helston goal scorer. What what's that name again, Tom? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's uh, yeah, Luke Tripconi. I think that you know what's interesting about Luke is, of course, there's a lot more to his game than just goals, <laughs> because. He's certainly not a one-trick pony. But um, Anyway, we'll move swiftly on to our first manager interview. It is Paul Froud, as I said at the top of the podcast, the manager of Buckland Athletic. We've had Paul on a few times, and it's always good to catch up with him. Uh, 
Buckland, one of those sides that have done, you know, they've done well this season, but, you know, they, they want to do a little bit better. They're in contention, but they want to be a little bit higher. Going into a game against Helston, of course, a game that Helston don't lose, as we know, very often. So, you know, the fact that they've come out, Buckland here, with all three points, obviously, was, um, was uh, you know, was going to be a big positive um, for, the, for the Devon side. But I started my conversation with Paul by asking him whether the game was as close as the scoreline suggests. No, not really. Um, no, no. I, I think we had a, a couple of further chances to, uh, to take the game even further beyond their reach. Um, yeah, two-one makes it sound fairly close, but um, but, but no. Like I say, we, we had a couple of sort of late chances to make it three-nil, which two or three-nil would have been a fair reflection for me on the game. Um, but yeah, two-one kind of flatters them a little bit, I think. I mean, for you, was that the perfect way to bounce back from that Boxing Day defeat um, to Tavistock? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we felt we acquitted ourselves pretty well at Tavistock uh, on the whole. But, um, you know, they, they had a period where they, where they hurt us with some of the quality they've got going forward. Um, you know, they scored three goals in quick succession, which kind of knocked the wind out of us a little bit. Um, but like I say, during during large periods of that game, we were actually we were actually pretty good and created chances ourselves. Um, so yeah, we were disappointed and a bit down after the uh, after the Tavistock game. But um, no, the, the boys were fantastic on New Year's Day uh, to a man. They, we 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 worked worked really hard. Uh, we worked harder than they did. We had more quality than they did. Um, so yeah, we really deserved the win. I was really pleased with them. I suppose the most important thing about both of these games is the fact that they actually got on because obviously we've seen um, more and more fixture disruption caused by both the weather and by COVID postponements. I think you've fared reasonably well. It would be would be fair to say so far you haven't suffered too many um, postponements. But, I mean, is, is this a concern for you sort of going into this January period? Mm, not too much. I think the, the tough stop pitch was heavy, Um I think it was fifty-fifty as to whether the game could have gone ahead. To be honest, it was it was very very soft. Um, I can't compliment uh, compliment our ground staff enough. To be fair, and the job they do, um, you know, we turned up having sort of six days of constant rain. But don't get me wrong, it was a little bit soft and a little bit wet in patches, but um, played really 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 well. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for all other clubs and, uh, and comment on the on the issues that they're having. But uh, you know, our pitch, our ground staff are, are fantastic. They do a terrific job. But as I suppose to answer to your question, I think we're all we're all more than halfway through the season now. So um, you know, we're at that time of year where we are susceptible to the weather. But um, you know, it's a little bit warmer. The climate's a little bit warmer than it is normally at the moment. So. There's no frozen. There's no issues with frozen pitches or anything like that. So you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We have a little swell of better weather, and uh, we don't have those issues. Um, now you're eighth in the league at the moment. Is that a fair reflection? Do you think on how how your season's going so far? No, I, I don't. I, I know lots of teams will point to point to parts of the season where decisions have gone against them, or they haven't quite had the rubber of green. I'm. I'm sat here a little bit disappointed. We're not sort of six, seven, eight points better off than we are at the moment. We certainly felt we've had the rough end of the stick in a number of games, and um, yeah, you know, haven't quite taken chances. Or you know, I could point to Ilford Coombe where you know we had four or five golden opportunities to to, to go three, four nil, well, three, four one up, 
Um, you know, I think they've even commented as we're walking off the pitch that we were the best team that they've played and how have they won that and that sort of thing. And, and that's been not a frequent not a frequent thing, but it has happened fairly often to us this season. So uh, I, I think the league doesn't lie. You'll end up where you deserve to, to, would deserve to, but I, I certainly feel as if there's three or four games where they're on a knife edge and they haven't quite gone our way for one reason or another. So um, we're, we're desperate to try and put a little bit of a run together to, to give us a little bit of a push up towards those top sort of four, six places where we think we should be. Um, but we've got a number of games left yet um, and hopefully the, the game on New Year's Day will be a, be a bit of a springboard for us to achieve that. Now you say that the league doesn't lie but it is interesting to reflect that you've lost seven games this season. You've had seven defeats. Yeah. That is the same number as Bridgewater United who, yeah. who currently sit in second. So do you think that if... if making Buckland a harder team to beat uh, could well reap dividends in terms of the rest of the season? Yeah, possibly. Um, we did sort of... We, we, we played with the formation a little bit on New Year's Day. Uh, went 3-5-2 to make us a little bit more... a little bit more, more robust in the middle. But, um, yeah, a lot of goals we see... A lot of goals we concede are perhaps down to the way that we want to play or I want the team to play. Um... You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big advocate of throwing balls into into corners, and I, I like the game to be played the right way. As I'm sure quite a few managers do, um, and maybe we suffered a little bit lately with pitches not allowing us to do that, or um, we have been missing quite a lot of personnel during the last sort of two or three months. Um, you know, frequently sort of five, six, even eight or nine unavailable for one reason or another. But maybe maybe that is a part of the reason. Um, some games I can I can recall, you know, we've lost by the odd goal and perhaps that goal has sort of come from our own mistake in the, in the middle third or, or, or something where we're trying to, we're trying to keep the ball and move the ball quickly. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm never ever going to change that. <laughs> we just feel a bit disappointed that we've dropped a few points that we shouldn't have done. We've lost a, we've lost a couple that we should have drawn. We've drawn a couple that we should have won. And like I say, hopefully there's long enough in the season left yet where we can still mount a bit of a challenge towards those top places. But um, so yeah, in that respect, you may be right. But in fairness, it sounds like you're actually learning a lot from what's happened, and I think a lot of the managers are learning in these you know, really bizarre times where players aren't just out for their usual reasons, but obviously they're out for other medical reasons as, as well at the moment. And I get yeah. the feeling that, and I'd you know, be interested to know what you think about this, Paul, that the second half of this season, you know, the, the, the months coming from January, February, March into April, will be about who has the ability to adapt and to sort of you know, box clever. Um, that will see teams over the line perhaps in a way that we haven't seen in recent seasons. Yeah, definitely. I think that there is obviously, um, I think the Western League is more competitive this year. Uh, so that's one reason for the fact that, you know, we've lost seven, Bridgewater have lost seven. Other teams in that top four or five have lost and drawn a number of games because the, the standard of the quality of the league is very, very good um, on the whole. And, and us ourselves, we're probably we're learning a bit as we go, as you rightly say. We've got um, we've got a number of 17, 18 year old lads who it's their first season in adult football, 
Um, we got another, uh, you know, we got another group of lads who are in their early twenties who have come to us from Peninsula League clubs, and it's their first. You know, it's not their first season in men's football, but it's their first season in in Western League football. Um, so, you know, I'm confident. I've always said that we'll be a better team in 12, 18 months' time when, you know, perhaps we go to Kingston, we learn the lessons that we learned this year, and, and it's a little bit different next year, if you like. But um, I'm more than happy with the lads on the whole and the way things are going. Been really, really good. Uh, we've got a really good set, set of lads. Uh, we're obviously still competing in the cup competitions. Um, and like I say, there's not a massive gap between us and second at the moment. So we're, we're sort of heading into early, mid-January with, with a lot to play for still. Now, one of those things is the cup competitions. You were just talking about that. In particular, it's the Vars. You've got Egham coming up on January the 15th. It must be a huge boost to you and the club that that game is going to be played at Homer's Heath. Yes, definitely. We've been lucky uh, with home draws. Every, uh, you know, every game we've had has been at home, which has been great. I was due to go up to Egham today, um, as you know, but that game's been cancelled. Um, so we won't know a great deal about them. But... Um, but no, it's a game that everyone's excited about. Um, everyone's looking forward to. Um, it'll be another great day for the club as the Cleveland, uh, sorry, the uh, Camelford game, um, certainly the Falmouth game, and then the Wellington game have all been fantastic in terms of the amount of people we've had watching, uh, the way we've played on those days. Um, so it's another day that we're looking forward to. Well, I mean, when you don't know a lot about a club that you come up against, certainly in the sort of the latter stages of the bars does that particularly when you're at home does that give you an opportunity to say actually we're going to set out the way that i know that we can play we're going to play to our strengths we're going to make them beat us on the day rather than getting too technical and worried about what their strengths might be yeah possibly i mean i think before the draw was made i was asked a question as to who we'd like and i i think a lot of managers say they would like teams from other leagues that they don't know too much about and you're probably right and you're saying right in what you're saying you know if we were to if we'd have drawn Bridgewater, for example, they know a lot about us, we know a lot about them. And, yeah, maybe playing Egan that we don't know about will give us a bit of a freedom to just, um, for the lads to go out and express themselves and show people how good they are without having, a, not a fear factor, but a knowledge of who they're playing against. Um, yeah, it might give the lads a bit more freedom to go out and, and express themselves and do what we do well, which is move the ball quickly, uh, get it to our our technical players in the final third and um, yeah, really really express ourselves and go after it. Now before that you've got the small matter of a trip up to Bitten. Um, yes. Now they're not quite the team um, that started this season, although they are sitting third in the league, but they're coming off the back of two defeats. The last one was a 3-0 um, defeat at home to, to Millbrook. So are you optimistic that that's a place that you can go and get something from? Yes, uh, we, we won up there last season, but you know we're well aware we're, this league's a funny league. You, you can, as we've seen already, um, you know you can go away to places like Millbrook and Wellington and have a really, really, really sort of tough day, um, and you can win very well against Alston at home, who are perceived to be one of the bigger hitters. So uh, every game brings its challenges and. Whether it's bitten away or Wellington away or whoever it may be, that you need to be on you need to be on the ball for the whole ninety minutes. And I think that's something the young lads are really, really sort of learning as we go in. Is that 
there really aren't any easy games in this league. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to we do a lot better against the better teams. So a bit in a perceived to be one of those better teams. So hopefully we'll um, we'll have a similar sort of result as we did last season. And my thanks to Paul for his time. Now, moving on to Sunday, January the 2nd, not necessarily a day associated with uh, Tool Station Western League football, but um, I was very pleased that it was on because, of course, it meant I can go and watch a game. Um, we'll talk about that later. We will kick things off in the Premier Division, where Bridgewater United took on Bridport. And, uh, again, another really big festive crowd. 287 um, saw this, and um, really it was um, very straightforward business for Bridgewater. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, most of the goals came in the second half, but I think they were pretty dominant before the break as well. Uh, but only, uh, yeah, took them 29 minutes to, to break the deadlock. Ryan Brereton finding the back of the net. Uh, but it was, yeah, as I say, pretty uh, pretty one-sided after the break. Sam Crum scoring a, a couple for the hosts, and there was also goals from Morgan Williams and Mark Mark Armstrong pretty late on. Uh, but, yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of tough outings recently for Bridgewater, so good for them to to hit back and, and, and start the year on a high. Uh, a 5-0 win for them at home to uh, Bridport. And another big crowd. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. And moving on into the first division, we kick off at Odd Down, um, where the visitors were Longwell Green Sports. Now, Odd Down have been doing rather well of late. Um, but Longwell Green, since they opened their new stadium, their form has certainly improved as well. And I think that's how this game um, really played out. Very difficult to put anything between these two sides, Tom. Yeah, it really was. And it was, well, it's the hosts who probably went home happier. They, they managed to grab a late equaliser. So they'll be, um, yeah, the um, as I say, be chuffed that they managed to, to come out with a point in the end. Uh, Liam Osmond's header right at the end of the first half looked to have, yeah, looked to have done enough, really, for, for Longwell Green. They, they led for, for the majority of the second half. Uh, but it was a goal uh, late on from Francois Allen, as I say, um, scuppered uh, Longwell Green's chances of, of keeping a clean sheet and maintaining the three points. Uh, but yeah, he scored in the final 10 minutes or so and uh, yeah, managed to, to grab a point for odd down. And the next game was the game that I was at, Radstock Town against Wincanton United. Uh, again, um, two teams that are fighting it out at the top of the first division. Wincanton have certainly been at the races uh, recently. Their form has been outstanding and it's catapulted them from that difficult start right up towards the top of the of the first division. Over the years, I've um, I've offered my own opinions on um, on uh, headlines for the local match report mm. writers, and I think on this occasion I would my headline would be muddy hell mm. uh, because it was it was certainly one of those days, uh, uh, particularly for, for Radstock. They might choose to put a different word in front of hell. Um, it was a difficult game at the office, wasn't it, for the miners, Tom? It really was, yeah. And I've yeah, I'm assuming most people have seen some. Some images from the weekend, uh, or well, yeah, the, the game on Sunday with uh, yeah the pitch, uh, yeah it was a little bit, a little bit muddy, wasn't it? But uh, Winghampton didn't seem to struggle in terms of getting the ball in the back of the net. Six-one uh, win for them away at, Rod, uh, at Radstock, and they really are uh, the team that yeah uh, they ended 2021 20, as uh, probably the form team, and they've started with a with a bang, haven't they? Really, a uh, six-one win for them away at Radstock to say. Um, yeah, first half uh, pr pretty quickly turned into the Jamie Thompson show. Uh, the Wasps forward scoring 
Uh, a couple of goals after around 20 minutes or so. The first deflected effort, which I think has gone down as his goal, which is uh, yeah good because it means he's uh, completed a hat-trick. Uh, the, the other two goals, definitely his, uh, all within the space of seven minutes. So it was uh, yeah quick-fire effort from Thompson, uh, putting the game pretty much beyond doubt at that point. Uh, Cameron Veer then extended the advantage to four uh, just before the break, uh, but there was enough time uh, in first-half stoppage time uh, uh, for Radstock to pull one back, so giving themselves a little lifeline for the second half, but uh, yeah, nowhere, nowhere to be, uh, yeah, we found a, a no fight back for them. Uh, a couple of goals after the break from Connor Williams and Cameron Allen, uh, completing the romp and uh, Wincanton, yeah, starting the year on a, a big, big high. Absolutely, uh, and I thought really after that very impressive result against, you know, I'm used to watching teams lose six-one quite regularly, but not Radstock <laughs> Town. Would be fair to say. So it was a credit to Wincanton that they they played their opponents and the conditions. I think it would be fair to say incredibly well. Um, so I started my conversation with Chris Wise by congratulating him on that impressive result, and um, we discussed the fact that it was something of a miracle that the game went ahead in the first place. Yeah, um, yeah, it certainly wasn't the it wasn't the best conditions. I think. Um, I think I, I didn't really fully appreciate at the time that I arrived at the ground just how sort of bad the conditions were going to end up being. Clearly, over the 90 minutes, that had a big effect on, on what the pitch looked like. But really, from the word go, I think the, the critical factor for both teams was who was going to play the conditions better. And I felt that really that you did that. Your game management, um, particularly in the Radstock half, really, you know, re- really saw you through to a very comfortable win in the end. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good to hear you say that because I think in the past it's something that we've definitely been guilty of not adapting to conditions and always wanting to play a certain way regardless and, and that's definitely not been the case lately um, and you need to be able to do that in these kind of wintry months on Western League pitches you need to be able to adapt and not just play one way and sometimes you do have to be um, physical and direct and almost like yeah can't play kind of good football necessarily on every pitch and there certainly wasn't a lot of good football played on Saturday. There was there was a lot of effective football and we spoke about it beforehand. It's clearly a clearly a pitch you weren't gonna have too many touches, especially in the in um, kind of in either box. Um and you are right in what you're saying in kind of in the Radstock final third it was very much a case of look if you get half a yard it goes into the box. It's a sort of surface where anything that can happen and also get into that final third and we've got to kind of have as many shots on goal as we can and although we scored six I mean we, we hit the bar twice we had shots saved chances missed um, we we had so many shots on goal which is really really pleasing to see and I think like you rightly say really the conditions demanded that because 
anything else and try and kind of neat intricate football around the box wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been suitable in those conditions. I don't think no way. Now you've been in a very good run of form of late, um, and particularly it would appear when you visit North East Somerset, because of course the last time you were in that neck of the woods, you beat Welton Rovers, our league leaders, by um, by three goals to nil. So, um, so what's been the secret of your recent turnaround? Um, I, I think it's having a settled side, really. Um, I know when we spoke earlier in the earlier in the season, I was kind of. Um, moaning about player availability and the issues we've had, and everybody has them. I know Welton have had them recently. Um, I'm hoping we got ours out of the way at the start of the season and it's not going to come back now um, because, yeah, I mean, those first five, six games just couldn't put out a settled side. Already had, we had so many players missing. I mean, I, I remember when we went to Lebec away in early October um, from our first team squad, we had eight available players. Um, it was just a, it was just a nightmare period, and thankfully since that, like I said, we've, we've been able to get a settled squad together. We don't get well, don't get me wrong, we have still had players missing. Um, the odd, but it's been the odd one or two a game, not seven, eight, nine, as it was at the start of the season. And I think mean, we've, we've got a strong squad. Um, the squad, I'm, I'm really happy with the squad. But like any squad at this level, you're missing that amount of players. Then it's going to be really, really tough for you to, to put any kind of run together. And like I said, lately the squad's been settled and, and we've been really, really happy with um, what we've what we've been doing. I think, as I alluded to earlier, we've managed the conditions really well in games. Um, a lot of our wins have been away. So we've won, we've won eight, we're unbeaten in 11, we've won eight on the bounce. And kind of out, out of those fixtures, we've, we've played, obviously, Sherbourne at um, then we played kind of Oldlands away, uh, Welton away, Bradstock away, Almondsbury were in great form at the time away. Um, so we've had some kind of really tough fixtures and we've, we've come through them really well so far. Um, so yeah, we're in, we've been in really good form lately and um, kind of everyone in the squad, whether they're playing 90 minutes or not quite getting the game time they want at the moment, everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction with it. And I think that's another kind of big thing really. There's no... I mean, you were one of those fancied sides at the beginning of the season, and I know when we last spoke, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say that you were down in the dumps, but you certainly weren't particularly pleased with the way that you'd started the season. But you've really, you've really kicked on since then. I mean, would it be, would it be folly to talk about the prospect of you catching Welton at the top of the table, or are your ambitions a little bit more modest than that? Well, we obviously had our own ambitions as well, but I mean, the opening 
the opening five games of the season, we we lost um, we lost lost three of them, drawn one, and won won one. So it wasn't wasn't the start we were after at all. Um, it, it did kind of put us on the back foot a little bit, but we we hit form now. We're in great form at the moment, um, and like I said, we'll just keep keep going the way we are. Hopefully, um, obviously, any no winning run can go on forever, but we'll keep going the way we are at the moment and just see, see where it takes us. Now, traditionally, this is the hardest part of the season in terms of postponements. Um, but COVID appears to be playing more havoc with our fixture schedule than the weather normally does. I mean, how confident are you about the way this this season is progressing on the pitch? Do you do you think will you know will we experience the disruptions that we have over the last two seasons? I, I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm no expert by any means, but I, I don't think so. I think. Um the world's in a completely different place now with everybody double and triple vaccined and uh, vaccinated, sorry. I mean, if, if, we, if we're all double vaccinated and boosters and, and we still lock down and we're still missing games, I mean, when, when are we ever going to be able to get vaccinated? Um, I think at the moment there's, there's clearly um, the rule of common sense being asked to be applied in a lot of scenarios and from what I can see, I know we do it with Canton, I think a lot of clubs, most clubs, well, every club actually, so far, that I've seen so far in our league, apply that rule of common sense and try to do what they can in their own kind of little world to, to minimise risk and mitigate as many of the risk factors as possible. And I think that's all we can do. I mean, it would be unrealistic to say, look, OK, look, we can't play football until there's zero risk at all anymore. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I can't talking about against Bradstock was a rearranged fixture that was a that one fell foul to COVID earlier this season so these rearrangements um, could end up becoming a a new problem obviously at the moment the the, the critical issue is getting games on um, as we progress into January and, and, and into February but perhaps by the time we get to March and April what we'll actually have is a different problem which is um, reschedule games coming thick and fast. Is is that something you've given any thought to? Yeah, it's, it's something which is already a little bit on the horizon. Um, we've only played one midweeker since, I believe, and don't quote, I think it's kind of the end of, end of September, I think we've only played one midweek game. And we've, all, we've got three now over January and February, which again, will they happen with pitches and weather and COVID? If they don't, for any of those reasons, then obviously they're going to be pushed back further. So it, it kind of causes that natural backlog. And you do need you do need a strong squad to get through that. We'll, 
will still have, as will every club have, unavailability and the usual people away and injuries and suspensions and weddings and all that that non-league football has to contend with, it, as well as obviously the COVID and coming into the season where pitches are getting cooled off for wet weather, etc. It definitely will kick up a uh, kick up a problem of some sort. Um, and yeah, but ho- hopefully all you can do is kind of keep your fingers crossed on that front that the uh, the weather gods at least are kind to us. So that's hopefully one problem we don't have to deal with. And the rest of it, as I said, it's not it's nothing you can really do too much with. You just got to deal with it as best you can, manage it as best you can, mitigate the risk as much as possible, um, and to kind of see where we're at. Now, you alluded to it earlier in the interview. Uh, you've been playing a few games away from home recently. Well, the next three that are coming up will be home games for you against Tengrove, Lebec and Oldland Abertonians. And if you're going to continue on this excellent run of form, um, then looking at where those teams are in the table and looking at where you are, you've got to be looking at those as winnable games. Um, yeah, on, on, on current form, you'd say they're all winnable games. Um, but we... We genuinely feel and kind of approved it recently in recent form that if we play to our best, then any any game for us is a winnable game if we're at our absolute best. Um, and that'll be the same with the next three. If we get complacent in any way or think, right, we've been Sherborne, Cheddar, Rastock, well, then we can now go to play somebody who's in the lower half of the table and kind of put in less, less of a shift and less less of an effort and be at anything other than 100% and we'll get turned over and we'll get beat as as you alluded to we've got Hengrove um, this Saturday we lost 4-1 away to Hengrove uh, and the man of the match that day by a million miles was our keeper he let him fall he was, um, he was brilliant we, we got absolutely peppered there to be honest um, it wasn't a good day we were really really as you would say not at the races um, <laughs> and see, it was Thanks to Chris for his time. Now, the final set of matches that we're going to talk about took place on Monday, the 3rd of January, and we were going to kick things off at Ashton and Backwell United. Now, they found wins hard to come by this season, but not on Monday, it would be fair to say. 247 um, saw this, and um, Ashton and Backwell ran out triumphant against Cadbury Heath. Oh, just just about, yeah. So it wasn't um, <laughs> yeah, tough to come by, but it was a late, late goal that managed to, to secure them the three points. 88th minute. Uh, that was uh, where it was the uh, the difference between the sides. Just the one header uh, from Sam Price. Uh, yeah, as I say, two minutes from time, um, and that was yeah, that proved to be enough for Ashton and Backwell. I think that was their first win in uh, yeah, nearly three months, or maybe just more than three months. So it's been a long time coming, but uh, yeah, they'll be be over the moon, won't they, to to get a, a a good kick start to the year, hopefully, and maybe maybe can um, push up that league a little bit if they can grab a few more wins. Uh, among the way, but yeah, good, good, good result for Ashton Backwell to start the season, and yeah, a, 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 an excellent crowd for a team who potentially haven't been, haven't been uh, achieving as much as they'd hoped this year. So uh, yeah, hopefully more of that to come as well. Well, another crowd in excess of over 200 um, came to Weymouth Street in Warminster. 
Um, of course, we've moved on now to the first division where Warminster Town took on Wells City. Um, 214 saw this and a relatively more routine victory, I think, for the home side, Tom. Yeah, it sounds like they were yeah much the better side for, for most of this. And it was a couple of goals in the second half that did the business for them. And that was Corey Gardner who opened the scoring. Then another one late on from uh, Jack Malluck. He's found a bit of form recently, so that, that's good for Warminster because I know he's... Yeah, probably one of the one of the better better forward players in in the first division. So for him to to grab another goal is good for good for Warminster and a, a good result for them, a two 0 win. And uh, yeah, now I'm beaten in eleven, so they're really going great guns, aren't they? Yep, awesome form there. Um, we'll move on then to take a look at the fixtures coming up on Saturday the eighth of January. Uh, which game catches your eye in the Premier Division, Tom? I've gone for Saltash versus Bridgewater. So Bridgewater up to second following the, the big win uh, they had in, in the, on, on New Year's Day. Uh, but I think, yeah, going to Saltash, not going to be a particularly easy game for them, is it? Uh, and there's quite a, well, it's really stockpiling the, the top half of the division. So, uh, yeah, there's, I don't, I, well, a couple of slip-ups and they won't be second for much longer. And Saltash, one of those sides that could, uh, yeah, could certainly rise uh, during the second half of the season. So a big, big home game for them to, to kickstart their year. I think you've picked an absolute cracker. There's an awful lot of very good games going on in the Premier Division on Saturday. I think we could have picked any from um, Shepton Mallet against Exmouth. Or, of course, the game we spoke about earlier uh, in the podcast um, when I um, when I spoke to Paul Froud, Bitten, against Buckland Athletic. But the game that catches my eyes, Clevedon Town against Mousel. These are two um, footballing sides. Now, maybe the weather isn't the best and the pitch conditions aren't the best to be playing a lot of football at the moment. But I think this is going to be a really intriguing game. I think Clevedon, you know, have been going really well since they had that change of um, manager. Mousel, of course, we know... How um, how well they are, and of course they've had a they've had a COVID break as well. So um, uh, be interesting to see how they come out of that. Um, but that's going to be my pick of the um, uh, pick of the fixtures on Saturday, the eighth of January, in the Premier Division. And uh, then moving on to the First Division, Tom, which uh, which game catches your eye there? Gone for Wincanton versus <coughs> Hengrove. Obviously, we've touched on Wincanton and. Uh, they're a well astonishing run of form recently. They yeah they're showing signs that they could uh, yeah if they're the yeah they keep it up they're the they're the team to watch aren't they? I think they can catch catch a couple of sides who are well there's only a few above them but I'm yeah not going to rule out that they can catch them if they keep going at this rate. Uh, so they take on a Hengrove side potentially able to to slow them down. They've, they've yeah picked it up recently I think or well they had maybe before a couple of games postponed etc. But yeah want to see how Wincanton do. I think they're my team to watch second half of the year, so let's see how they get on on, on Saturday. Yes, and I think there's, an el- there's, there's a, a small element of revenge in that mm. um, in that fixture as well. So, um, yeah, that be adds an, an, an interesting dimension to it. Um, <clears throat> again, um, lots of interesting ties in the first division. I'm hoping to make uh, the trip to Sherbourne Town to watch Devizes. God only knows how we'll We'll get on there, but but fingers crossed, listeners, fingers crossed. And um, if I'm going to pick out a game, my game of the weekend, it's going to be at Welton Rovers, the Green Army. They're taking on Odd Down. Now, there's a bit of history to this fixture. It's not so much about the fact that these two sides are separated by only a few miles, but, of course, the current Odd Down manager, Nick Bieberstock, was a very popular and well-celebrated manager of Welton Rovers, so I'm sure he'll get a welcome return to West Clues on Saturday. Uh, Welton need a win. Odd Down, um, I think we're hoping probably to do a bit better than they did uh, against uh, Longwell Green on Sunday. So um, both sides in, well, certainly Odd Down have been in very good form of late. Wells have, uh, Welton have suffered a dip. 
And um, I'm sure we'll be targeting this game to get back to winning ways. So plenty to be played for uh, in uh, in the heart of Midsummer Norton on uh, Saturday, the 8th of January. Now, before we wrap things up, Tom, we will have a look at our league's leading goal scorers. So can you mm-hmm. take us through our hot shots? Yeah, indeed. So, uh, yeah, looking at league goals uh, in the Prem, we've got Liam Prynne of uh, Tavistock. He's moved into top spot. He's on 26 uh, league goals. Uh, Dean Griffiths of Bitten. Uh, on 24, and then Bridgewater's Jack Taylor's also uh, broken the 20-goal barrier. He's on, yeah, he's on 20 goals, <laughs> uh, so he's obviously broken the barrier. Uh, in the first division, uh, Luke Bryan of Odd Down and Oakland Buck of Bishop Sutton. They're both on 22 league goals this season, so they are uh, top of that, that division in terms of the, the league goals. And Bailey Croom of Tiverington, he's on 18, so he's in third spot as things stand. Uh, and then in all comps, it's Prynne of Tavistock, who's been in the way on 29 goals so far this year. Uh, you've then got uh, Griffiths on 26, Brian and Buck on 22 apiece. Uh, and then we've got Taylor of Bridgewater on 21, where he's joined by Millbrook's uh, Ricky Shepherd. He's having a real good season. Uh, he's got 21 goals in all comps. And Jordan Harris of Exmouth, also worthy of a, of a mention, he's got 20 goals in all competitions as well. Excellent stuff. We have, of course, been reviewing your bulletin, as we always do, Tom. Where can the listeners find that? Yeah, indeed. That's on the uh, Toolstation Western League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the, the homepage or so. Uh, and you can yeah, download that every week and that will give you all the all the stats and, and facts and fixt- fixtures and results and etc. And uh, yeah, that, as I say, comes out every week. And yeah, that's the place to, to find it. Well, it's good to have you back in 2022. It's good to get back into the swing of things. And I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Toolstation Western League podcast.